This is Alex Hoffman from the Too Much Effing Perspective podcast, and welcome to Quick Taps, short episodes with short stories for short attention spans. Our theme today is car carnage, those times when our musical guests found that the hardest part of playing out is just getting there or back. Our first story comes from L. Kempner of the band Palehound, which recently released their album Eye on the Bat. L tells us about the time they almost died, twice, only twice, on the way back from a gig. I think it was fall of 2018, we were touring with the Dodos. And because we were opening for a duo, we didn't go full band. So it was just me and my best friend slash bassist of Palehound, Lars. And we took my car. It was in November, so it was pretty cold. And we were in Minneapolis. And we had played a great show, 7th Street Entry, and then we were going to stay with our two friends who lived in St. Paul. It was 1 a.m., and it was one degree outside. There was ice all over the ground, like a foot of snow everywhere. And we had just pulled off the exit. We were like five minutes from our friend's place. And we're the only car on the road. We're driving down this main street. And in front of me, it's just a bunch of green lights. So I'm just cruising. And then I see out of corner of my eye this car coming barreling from the left and in that moment Lars and I both kind of realize what's going on I slam on the brakes and we both scream really loud because we just see it happening the car is coming up at us as everything is slowed down in my head I have a thought where I'm like this car is about to hit me on my side it's probably about to kill me and if it doesn't kill me it's definitely gonna like fuck up my arm and I probably won't be able to finish this tour play guitar The car hits us, but I slammed the brake just in time, so it hit right in front of me. Nobody has witnessed this. I take a second, we recover. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I look, the car is still there. We're both in the middle of this intersection, spun out. So I see that this car starts moving, and I think, oh, he's probably just pulling out of the intersection. And then I'm like, can my car even move right now? Can I pull over to exchange information with him? And I try and I can. It moves, but not very quickly. And something is like dragging. He doesn't stop. And as I'm coming out of shock, I am realizing, one, this guy is definitely not trying to pull over. And we are essentially in a low speed chase (laughs) where I am like chasing him, but neither of our cars can go over five miles per hour. So in hindsight, this part's kind of hilarious. As I'm realizing that we're in this low-speed chase, I'm also noticing that this car does not have any license plates on it. Oh my god, it's all starting to click. I'm like, we've just run into some really fucking sketchy shit. That's why he was blowing through reds. He's running from something. He probably has a gun or some fucked up shit is going on in that car. And we have messed with the wrong person. And I'm now chasing him. And I don't want to do that. As I have that realization, he stops finally. And I'm like, okay, he stopped. Maybe he is pulling over. But then I realized what had actually happened was I had accidentally cornered him in a dead end. And in front of us is just deep, dark woods and a foot and a half of snow. There's no room for me to turn around or make any kind of U-turn because it's too narrow. And he's pulled into a cul-de-sac, essentially. So I'm trapped and I can't turn around. I'm like, this is it. This is the second time tonight that I think I'm about to die because this guy's about to fuck with us. The passenger door of his car opens in front of us. And then this guy gets out of his car. He turns, looks at us for a second, and then turns around and books it into the woods on foot. 
leaving the driver there. And then I'm freaking out. I'm like, well, why is he running? What the fuck is he running from? What's about to happen to us? So I can roll down my window, thankfully. And I just do the only thing I can think to do, which is like kind of white flag, wave my hand out the window and just say, we're good. Like, I'm not going to call the cops. The car slowly turns around and comes back towards us. And I'm like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And we're in such a narrow street that our cars are like just a few inches away from each other as he passes me. And I just look to my left and as he's passing, all I can see is like the vague silhouette of his profile. He doesn't even look over at us. He just drives straight ahead and leaves. My car was fucked. Luckily, we were only like five minutes from our friends at that point. So they greet us at the door and they'd come to the show. They're like, that was a great show. God, oh, you know, come on in. And then we like basically sit down on their couch and both just start sobbing. <laughs> and we're like, this just happened. You must believe it. It's in my car. All this stuff. And they're like, oh man, we are not prepared for this. And then the next day, realized my car was not going to make it on the rest of the tour and had to get fixed immediately. We took it to a shop and then we just like wandered aimlessly around Minneapolis like in a daze. Oh man, I'd be pale too if I went through all that. Okay, our next story comes from Corey Brannon, who recently released his album, When I Go, I Ghost. Corey proves that to be a touring musician, you need to have ice in your veins and chains on your tires. I was on the way to Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I was driving through, maybe I was in Virginia, and then this storm came up, and the road froze. It came up so fast that the that the water froze in like about softball size rivulets on the road. Like it was studded. The road was studded with puddles. I'd never seen anything like it. So anyway, I got off the road. Never do that in the mountains. Don't take a side road because it's ice. So get off the road. And all of a sudden I'm driving this mountain road and I lose traction. I just not gripping anymore. I'm seeing often the little distance, a hairpin turn, no guardrails, and I see little houses down there and they're a different color. You know, like in a painting when someone wants to show distance, how things are muted, I'm like, holy shit, those houses are like half a mile down. And I'm just like, ah. And so uh, the only thing I have to do to do is slam my truck into the snowbank on the side, the front of it. And so it got my wheels back around. And so now I'm paused sideways but I don't know, 40 feet from this edge, but I had to get back on the road. Knew I had to point my wheels back at that thing and hope I had traction. So maybe I was in shock. So I just undid my seatbelt, thinking I was gonna have, you know, just roll out like MacGyver if I couldn't get control. I don't, I don't, I don't know why I didn't think it through. But anyway, when I edged the wheels back on, I, I had traction and I drove the four hours it took me to drive five miles to get a hotel. And our final guest is Kaylin Ohm, whose band Amara just released an album called Child of Venus, an on-the-nose title for this next story. I guess this was back in early 2014. I had just started dating my boyfriend at the time, who became my husband. I didn't know this, but no one really wanted me in the band. (laughs) I guess it was kind of like the Yoko phenomenon. No, we don't want the lead singer's girlfriend in the van. This is the man's thing. We travel in the van together. This is what we do. We have our vibe. 
So there was some tension. So we were headed out on this six-week tour, and I think South By was the first big stop. Traveling in the 90s, Bandura 2500 GMC van. No tour manager, no sound guy. It was the four guys and me. And pretty immediately, I started to not feel well. Started to feel like I just needed to sleep all the time. And I think the tension was just growing as we got further and further away from home. And we were driving down the interstate and partner at the time was in the driver's seat and I'm in the passenger seat. And he's got, for whatever reason, the driver's side window open. And suddenly from across the divide, there's this explosion. And I just see this smoke shrapnel traveling across the divide towards us at hundreds of miles an hour. And this chemtrail came like right across the windshield and whatever it was blasted the windshield right in front of me. I think we were all just in shock. The windshield was broken and we pulled into a gas station. And I think in that moment, I realized we could have just died then when I had a little breakdown about it. But I was just increasingly becoming more and more unwell and unstable, it felt like. And we continued down to Austin into our shitty hotel. I was sharing a hotel room with four guys. So I was trying to just get out of the hotel room first thing in the morning and I go to the gym. And I came back from the gym and someone had taken a shower and a couple of the guys on the band smoked cigarettes and someone had put some cigarette butts in the garbage can. And that coupled with the steam, like I just walked into this like steam room ashtray and was just immediately like filled with rage and nausea. <laughs> it was so terrible. And it kind of dawned on me, I think I need to go to the drugstore. Like something's going on. And so I went and got a pregnancy test. And sure enough, it's positive. This is like the beginning of week two out of six weeks. And I tell my partner, we were kind of beside ourselves, but I think we just, well, the show goes on. Let's just keep it between us and we'll finish the tour and we'll decide what to do when we get home. So we continue east and the tour was just a mess, you know, like no one was getting along. But eventually we told everyone and everyone was so sweet and so supportive and so gentle about it and obviously in hindsight we should have told everyone immediately so we could have just bonded over it what did the band journey say in their hit song faithfully the road ain't no place to start a family but wow if these aren't cautionary tales to keep you off the road and perhaps tucked safely in bed i don't know what are that said we have reached the end of the road with this episode listeners Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or wherever you social at TMEP Show. And stay tuned. My co-host Alan Keller and I will be back soon with more stories of music mayhem on Too Much Effing Perspective. Although it would be as great as having armadillos in our trousers, this podcast is not affiliated with This Is Spinal Tap, and no person or entity connected with the film has sponsored or endorsed its content. This podcast is not affiliated, sponsored, or licensed by Authorized Spinal Tap LLC or Century of Progress Productions.
Too Much Effing Perspective is a Milwaukee Talkies original. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the One Hit Thunder or nothing more than a One Hit Blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh, and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods. Evergreen Podcast Network.